We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. It is game week. The week we've been waiting for. And I'm not talking about this week zero bullshit, folks. Georgia football takes place Saturday. I'm Robert Reynolds. Keon. Kobe. How y'all doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How about y'all? Doing great. Doing good. Pretty good. Thank you for asking there, sir. Got a loaded show tonight, folks. Obviously... The season is here, and we're going to recap the entire offseason. Take our taking points away, right? Talking points, uh, some key storylines, things like that. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to make our predictions ahead of the season. Right? We made SEC conference uh, division rankings. We've made our playoffs, but we're going to look at more Georgia-specific tonight. Georgia keeps getting doubted, and the hypocrisy keeps flowing. Going to talk about that a little bit. Just going to leave that there. And then we will let you know how the DGD Pick'em standings look after the first batch of games Saturday. So, with that being said, Keon, let's jump straight into this offseason. Biggest storyline. What would you say would be the biggest storyline? Uh, I mean... I'd start with us not being picked to win the SEC. I mean, back-to-back champions? We we don't win it? They they do a playoff prediction. We're not there? I mean, no, they're no, treating no, us like we're nobody, nobody doubts Georgia, though. Nobody. I mean, what are we? Texas A&M? Are we Tennessee? What the hell's happening? Did we not just win twice in a row? Did did I just dream that? Like, was it San Diego State? Kobe, do you want to say anything about that, sir? I guess we'll jump straight into this Georgia doubt. Yeah, I think uh, 
like you're saying, Keon especially, I mean, I, I may understand um, if if somebody wants to ride the wave and if LSU, if it would have been a clean sweep, like, oh, um, you know, maybe one, one person picks LSU, another person picks Alabama, another person picks Georgia, kind of, you know, a little mix and mingle, but kind of the clean sweep pick Alabama and really – the only reasoning being, oh, well, they're getting back to play a murder ball. They're getting back to what made Alabama great. They're getting back to being Alabama. You know, we'll see. I mean, I just don't know that anybody's prepared to play murder ball any better than we are, I guess. You know, it's not like they're going to come out and play murder ball and surprise us. You're not going to line up and heavy and run it down our throats. If you do, then at the end of the year, okay, you know, whatever, we may take one. But I guess the surprise there is if 12-0 and Georgia meets 12-0 and Alabama or even 11-1 and Alabama in the SEC championship and we have a slip-up like 2021, to say that we get into the playoffs, I think one person has to get into the playoffs losing to Ohio State. I don't think Ohio State's going to be better this year than they were last year. Um, another one has us playing in it and losing to Bama twice. Lose to Bama in the SC Championship and lose to Bama in the Natty. I just don't think it, it would go either way. If we beat Bama in the SC Championship and then we have to play them again in the Natty, I will be nervous. The exact same way the other way. It's just hard to beat teams twice in the same year. Um, Especially in the SEC. Yeah, surprises. I just think to me, listen, I've had so many people that are non-Georgia fans want to basically just kind of laugh us out the building when we say, and we keep continuing to bring up this fact that people keep doubting Georgia, right? You, you're, you won back-to-back national titles, guys. Like, no one doubts you. Really? Really? Because Josh Pate don't believe so. Um, College Game Day don't believe so. Reese Davis thinks Michigan. I mean – you know, I'm sitting there looking at it like you, you can't have it both ways. You can't tell us to basically just be quiet about this disrespect thing. But then in the same breath, doubt Georgia put Bama in over this right here, right? Like these th- you, you can't have it both ways. It's a bunch of hypocrisy and it's bullshit because you're trying to basically paint Georgia as a, in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. And I ain't about to stand for that. Just going to leave that there because you didn't do this shit with Bama when they went back to back back in the day. I just guess at some point, like you're saying, you're, you're the king until you're not. You're, you're, you're number one until you're not. It's just like last year for the preseason poll that we weren't number one in the preseason poll. You know, people talk about, oh, the preseason going from one to one curse. It's like it's because for whatever reason, the reigning national champions were not preseason number one last year. Nothing that we did. We went 14-1, and one, won the Natty, beat Bama. And then you come out in the preseason poll and we're not one. And everybody wants to talk about, oh, well, there goes the chance of the three-peat. Only two schools have ever gone from preseason one to, to Natty, one to one. And it's like, I mean, you know, we would have done it last year. I guess that's the thing. Would have done it 15-0 and 0 last year, I guess. So. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, though, man, it's just funny that, like, the national media will literally say that no one doubts Georgia. But in the same breath, you literally have Georgia missing out on the playoffs, not winning their conference, right? Like, it, it just it just proves the hypocrisy, right? And, listen, you're, you're going to see 
you're going to hear fans talking about the disrespect, right? But if you think we're bad, just wait till what Kirby Smart just got because you just gave him rocket fuel. See, my thing is, it's like people try to paint a perspective, just like y'all been saying, right? Oh, well, you know, they'll start, still start throwing in the excuses. Well, if this, if this would have happened and if that would have happened, do y'all still 3P? Do y'all still go back to back? Like we didn't have adversity that we had to overcome? Like Nolan Smith didn't play half the year? Like a- Nolan a- Smith. A.D. A- a- Mitchell was out for a while too. Right. Like A.D. Talk, Mitchell. Talk about, like we talk about receivers, AD, right? A.D. Mitchell had less than 25 com- like pass catches all year. Right. Yep. Right. Don't matter though because you're Georgia, right? Don't matter. Excuses don't count if you're Georgia. So. I just guess you can you can go back. We could sit here and we can go back to every every national champion for the past twenty years, and you can pick apart the year they won it. I mean, damn! If I didn't during Swamp Kings, I was like, how in the world did we let these two Florida teams win two Natties in three years, especially the '06 one? Yeah, I mean. Chris, Chris Lee coming out of Charlotte, man. I remember back in the day, like everybody was in high school was talking about that. But you they know, did Chris Lee dirty too. They they made they kind did. of painted him out to that. be a bum. I heard he about that. He now the kid was like one of the best quarterbacks in the country coming out of high school. So good call. You know, leave it to Florida fans to be Florida fans, right? I guarantee you. Again, I guarantee you that Swamp King shit was made for or and by Swamp fans. Just gonna leave it there. Mm-hmm. Got <clears throat> said it was made by a swamp lizard, huh? But um, anyways, I see we got some we got some brigadiers in the chat. Uh, Project Pat is in the building. G is in the building. That ain't just Project Pat. That's officially back to sixty three to three. Project oh my Pat. word! Hold it's on. My question back. is just the back to back grandpappy Pat. That's what I'm talking about. Anyways. Guys, let's talk about this right here. It's been a long, long offseason, right? I'll start it off first. We we go through spring camp. And we start to hear rumblings about Carson Beck looking good, right? And then G-Day pops up. And we see for ourselves the first glimpse of Georgia football for 23. And he absolutely fucking dominates. And now we're now we're sitting here, right, six or five six days before our first game. Carson Beck's been named your starter ahead of time, and I don't feel I don't feel concerned too much. Am I wrong for not feeling any kind of bit of concern or that much concern? Hell yes no. or no? Hell no. I mean, honestly, I don't fear it at all. I'm ready for it. I think we have a quarterback now that can finally hit all stages in all phases of the field. Um, I think we have wide receivers um, that, I mean, honestly are going to come out here and dominate, not including Brock Bowers. I'm excited to see what we do with Oscar Delp, another name for people to pay attention to this year that uh, we haven't really focused on a lot is Dylan Bell. Going to be excited to see how he gets worked into the fold. Uh, And I, and and I I do want to, say something about the games that have taken place so far, but I'll, I'll, I'll save that for a later segment. But 
yeah, no, I'm I'm very confident, very confident. And see, I think it's great you bring up Dylan Bell today too. I mean, most of us, any of us, have been on Twitter today, have read that he's been getting a good bit of work um, at running back, mm-hmm. um, and and it's something we talked about last week. Of you know, you have have three running backs right now, three scholarship running backs that are um, injured, probably going to miss or lim- very limited reps the first game or two at that point. Um, it, it, you can't take, you know, two, three guys into that game um, because you never know what can happen, a, a rolled ankle, something like that. So it's nice to hear Dylan Bell's getting some time. He was going to be hurting probably a little bit at the actual receiver for for time this year. Um, so to get him on the field, I think he's a playmaker. Even heard they've put old Brock Bowers back there a time or two at, at the old running back. So talk about scary things. I would hate to see Brock Bowers running downhill at me. I, you know what, though? With all the contact that comes from that, that's just more chances of him getting hurt. So I'd be careful with how much you do that specifically. But, I mean, a lot of people – I don't remember if a lot of people know uh, Dylan Bell came out of high school as a running back and receiver with his high school team. So – you know, and listen, and I heard he, he did pretty damn good too, um, getting those. But honestly, though, if this were to be a thing, right? You look at, uh, I'm going to use an example here. Uh, Dak Joyner at South Carolina gets reverted from a receiver to a running back. That's by necessity, right? But I think what I want to bring forth is the, the, the receiving capabilities and the potential, right, for something like that. I think that matters because, in my opinion, Dylan Bell in space when it, with the ball in his hands, pretty nasty stuff, if you will. And, you know, I think you look at Mike Bobo is going to find ways to get the guys into space and, and create opportunities. And I think that opens up a different situation in the running back room, especially if guys are kind of behind on re- rehab and stuff. I mean, what do y'all think about that? Go ahead. Oh, I was yeah, gonna... I was. I was just gonna say, you know, I'm with you. I think, I think running back is just one of those positions this year that, like you're saying, you need them. You need them to be healthy. You need it because Kirby's always gonna want to establish some kind of a running game. But at the end of the day, like we're talking about, you're gonna be able to supplement that a little bit early on with like some screen games, some short passes some ability, you know, some hurry up to get those quick yards. Um, you know, obviously down the stretch, game three, um, it'd be nice to have a couple guys healthy, but especially by game five, because um, that's where the SEC schedule can really kind of beat up on you. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting. It'll give Bobo some good chances to kind of play with different things in the early weeks, even while still trying to be, you know, you're going to see a very vanilla Mike Bobo week one and week two. I think I think you're right there. Um, I, I do. I guess this well, that would kind of bode into a different segment. I'm going to keep that for myself. But um, <laughs> speaking of, you know, new faces, right? Obviously, Bobo is right back in under the helm. Right? I think we saw that immediately after um, Todd Munkin goes to Baltimore. We've talked about our expectations for this offense, but I'm gonna I'm gonna rehash this. Mike Bobo has had prolific offenses at Georgia, 
right, from a Georgia perspective. I mean, he still holds the record for points per game. But what he didn't have was this much talent at all positions on the offense and a dominant top 10, top 15 defense at the very least as a supporting cast. And I think while a lot of people look at his time as a coordinator at Auburn, South Carolina, I genuinely think people get that misconstrued with what he's going to be able to do at Georgia. If you're a Georgia fan, I, I don't see an issue at all with this, right? I think when he, when he was first hired, it was – I mean, what, it took 15 minutes after Todd Munkin announced he was going to Baltimore for Kirby to come out and, and claim Bobo as an OC. And I'm fine with that. But for some reason, you know, Georgia fans kind of still are bickering about this. Is the, You know, they just don't trust Bobo. And I'm sitting there looking at it. It's like this ain't 07, 08 no more. This ain't this ain't your Mark Rick Georgia anymore. I mean, do y'all have anything to add to that or? Anything? No, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I mean, me personally, um, especially with the Georgia fans that I speak with on a regular, like we have an understanding that, of course, it's a completely different circumstance than from the last time Mike Bobo was here to what it is now. Our our roster is literally nothing alike and then and I think that's one of the biggest things people don't understand because from the last time that Bobo was here our defense was honestly lackluster at best like so you really had this high powered what appeared to be high powered offense but you had no defense to help sustain any of those any of those drives that you were really punching your opponent in the mouth we are not that team anymore I mean, especially if you ask outside of our fan base, they'll say, oh, well, you just won both of those natties off of the strength of your defense. So with Mike Bobo coming back, I think that turns our offense up even more. Um, and for anybody that's still doubting Mike Bobo, definitely take the time. Do do the research yourself. Look up those rosters. Look up those recruits. Look at where they were ranked and, and compare and contrast yeah. offense and defense. Might I add something? The seven, eight years Mike Bobo was here as an offensive coordinator, I want to give you a list of names, and I want to see if y'all can pinpoint the, the connection here. Todd Grantham, Willie Martinez, Jeremy Pruitt. Tell me the connection there. Those were your DCs. And only and one was only here, what, a year? One, one, year. one year. Jeremy Pruitt was here one year. Um, Yeah, I, I think the big thing – yeah, I think the big thing is, uh, like you're saying, a comparison for people is Mike Bobo, even if you don't think he's a great offensive coordinator, and that's your right to think that. I, I get Georgia fans are going to be biased until he proves something different. But we can sit here and we can talk about names like Jimbo Fisher, names like Dabo Sweeney, guys that have run archaic offenses and with unbelievable talent, have won national championships. So I guess even if you believe Mike Bobo is out of touch, out of style, will be outdone, I guess even with that, the level of talent we have on this offense is going to be able to beat most people just outright. But I guess my other thing is, like you're saying, with defenses, 
Mike Bobo has to score four touchdowns and one field goal, and we win 14 out of 15 games last year. If you score 31, you would have beaten everybody except Ohio State, if I remember right. So uh, No, no. Well, yeah, you said four. You said four touchdowns and a field goal. Yeah, 31, you, 31, 30. You'd have beat LSU. Yeah, I was, I yeah. Yeah, I was being – Um. Super but I just guess, like you're saying, the difference is, I think the biggest difference, yes, the defense, but then the offensive line. Like, what people fail to realize is, I'm pretty sure John Theus was, like, the only five-star offensive lineman, one of the only five-star offensive linemen um, we ever had. And we're basically telling you now that four out of your five offensive linemen are going to get drafted in the NFL next year. And early, potentially, too. Yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, you're looking at, Mims, it, Mims is more likely going to be a first rounder for sure. Uh, you look at Tate Rattledge, I think he has the potential to be a second, maybe. Yeah, I think, I think, I think Mims, Van Pran, then Tate, and then Truss has ability like five, six, seven, kind of like but, just but Chase. Dude, we've seen value though, man. Like, think about this: Georgia in the mid rounds. You, you look at Sawyer, Jamari Sawyer getting the what sixth round, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, to the Chargers, and then. The Chargers come out and openly say we should have grabbed him up a couple rounds earlier. Like that—that's the value that you're getting. But I mean, depending on you know, even then though, man, like you lose this offensive line after the season, and you've still got some easily some seasoned guys. I think for what it's worth, been in the system, they're NFL guys too, right? Fairchild, Blasky, right? Uh, Jared Wilson. Jared Wilson could be even more athletic than Cedric Van Pran. Michael Morris, man-child, right? Michael, uh, Michael Messi-Morris, if you will. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. Uh, Wallace Smith did say that Bobo is going to be just fine with his play calling. Yeah, I mean, what he had – he had – you have to understand, like when he played Georgia and he was at Auburn and he was at South Carolina, the personnel gap was vastly different. Also – if you look at Mike Bubba's ability to call home run plays, you have to do that on like consecutive plays to drive and score on Georgia. If you look back at his time against us, dude, he's got to hit four or five a game, and you're blowing people out when you're playing, you know, when you're calling shots for Georgia at this point. Like, it, it there's levels to it. So, 100%. Oh, guys, we've got one. Hashtag Pat Fact. UG has never faced UT Martin, so this will be the first meeting ever. Sorry. Yeah, no, I really do apologize for what we're about to do. I, I think I don't. They're going to walk out of the stadium with a check signed by Josh Brooks. I don't feel sorry at all. Actually, no, right. yeah, no, that's a fact. No, that you mentioned well, it. I hope they're ready. As as the as Jack Jenkins once said, "Don't take this ass whipping personally." <laughs> just gonna leave that there. Um, I mean, you got it's crazy to think like we're you're signing some big checks week, especially week one, and especially for UT Martin compared to like, um, who we play next week, Ball State. Yeah, the difference between a six o'clock first game and a noon second game. The the stadium will be bumping this Saturday night. The stadium might be a little, you know, seventy seventy three thousand. Ish for noon against uh, a ball state. You know what I'd like to see though, man. And I'm curious. I know 
Georgia went through some renovations. We haven't really discussed this uh, too much on the show, but now the bridge is ticketed. Um, you know, for those that have been there, how um, it's going to be interesting to see how that becomes a thing. And, you know, do they encompass numbers, right? Like, how do they count numbers, right? Because people can pay, you know, like now that you could sit, like the bridge is a ticketed gate, if you will. Do you see that being any kind of thing? I mean, what would you think? I can tell you, it doesn't change anything. You just have to have a ticket to get onto the bridge. Mm -hmm. But then at that point, like that ticket has to have a seat. Uh, So like it's still 93,000, you know, 92,800 and whatever. So now I'm curious, like for instance, next, next season at kickoff next season, there will be more seats in the stadium um, because that's a two-part renovation. So they finished yeah. one part this offseason and one part next offseason. See, that's what I was wondering, too, because, like, the bridge is st- – right, like, they still utilize the bridge. So, like, when you have – like, you remember the 2019 uh, Notre Dame game, right, where they brought in mm-hmm. extra bleachers for the seats. For numbers purposes, is there – could there, I guess you could say, be a situation where you get a general admission, but you have standing room tickets. Could that be a thing in big time games? Yeah, I think that only if they bring in, only if they bring in those bleachers, um, will will they do that? And and the only reason they did it for that year was because we played that game. It was oh, part yeah. of our in NBC contract, um, or yeah. Notre Dame's NBC contract. So. Um, that wasn't even like a us choice. Kind of no, I got you. Well, I, th- I think it was interesting though too because like you see the fact that like with marquee matchups and listen when twenty when twenty twenty four comes around and you bring in Texas and you bring in Oklahoma, dude, these stadiums like the stadium is going to need those extra seats. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the part of the renovation they extended the press box out, which to me and I want to get the science of this right, some engineering if you will. Sorry guys, being nerdy here. The the, the enclosure for what it's worth, the extension of the press box encloses the stadium just a little bit more, which could increase the sound retention. Would I believe that to be accurate? Or am I overthinking? It's not a huge addition to the, um, to the press box. Really? The, the big thing, I think what it does is it kind of, um, kind of takes the steps forward into, okay, now we have some more press box seating. Okay, now the bridge is closed. Okay, now the bridge is like permanently going to be closed. Okay, now in three or four years, we're going to slowly start closing in the bridge side of the stadium. I think that's what it kind of um, is You feel like it could towards. be foreshadowing? If you do that, then I think that's – if you do that, I know Dooley had mentioned wanting to keep that open for right, but at the same time, with the way the landscape is changing and and how much revenue is driving these sports, right, especially football, the the discussion for that is is got to be coming at some point, if not already. Because I mean, a hundred k. I would say you're you you're on the road. You're you on the road to hundred k for sure. That has to be the threshold, the minimum threshold, in my opinion. You have to make that happen. I think if you enclose if you enclose the stadium for what that's worth, then that's easily. And and I'm not talking like full enclosure, like where it would be like a bowl. The yeah. problem is right now it's just very much a like a U almost. And I'm just talking about enclosing it just a little bit more, maybe on yeah. one end. 
like my, like you know the the West End Zone, um, kind of like I don't know if you do anything like that, but it's not going. What you're saying, it's not going to be like Ella. It's not going to be a Death Valley. It's not going to be a Bryant Denny type enclosure at all. I do think it would be nice to see though get to hundred thousand though. No, for real, and that's something I'm really hoping that like we honestly accomplish. Because I, I always thought with, like, the renovation moves that would be made, I thought we would be moving towards that 100000 anyway. I mean, you can't you can't tell me you can't find another way for you to add another, what, 7,500 seats? I mean, I think it's easily doable. I know – I don't know how the engineering would be, but, like, the 600 level, you could kind of try to get to that. I mean, like I said, I don't know – engineering the big thing is is like anything and i don't know this for sure but you want to put in as much premium seating as you can as well i I think the easy answer would be to extend the 600 level but how many people are going to buy those tickets compared to if you extend the 200 level well i think another thing though too though kobe is this you have the you have the mcgills and all that stuff right with the season ticket holders right like I guarantee you, if you did 600 level, you're telling you're telling me that I could sit there and pay the Hartman Fund, right? And then you pay for your season ticket. Even if it, I mean, even for what it's worth, right? Like, I, I guarantee you there'd be enough people out there to buy the season tickets, right? Regardless how you do what you do with the tickets after you get them, I guarantee you there'd be people for that, especially looking at these SEC matchups moving forward with the addition of Texas, Oklahoma. I'm just going to leave that there. So I think whatever you do, right, you want to optimize the return on investment for sure. I get it. It's expensive. I am I am here to tell all of you the moment that those tickets drop, I am in the door, okay? Uh, whatever it takes. I'm in Texas. I got to go to UGA versus Texas in Texas. That's what you say. You going to Austin for that, man? That's going to be oh massive man. It's, I'm taking a three day weekend. I'm going to have a great time. Going to float the river like I've done before, and then and eat and keep some them. wonderful brisket, mm. and then watch us go out there and just let Arch Manning have it. Talking my Get language, all deep into. Speaking of, we're 30 minutes in, guys. We still haven't even mentioned. Uh, we lost a legend today. Um, Absolutely. Kobe, tell us more about that, man. I know it means something to you as well. You've been a former player, so I'll let you explain what happened. Um, Mr. Sonny Sigler passed away earlier today. Um, you know, owner, breeder, kind of the Uggas over the years. Um, and, you know, it, it's a big deal. It, you know, it's it's a legacy um, for the university. Uh, so, you know, he, he's been around for a long time, seen a lot of good Uggas come and go, seen a lot of good Georgia Bulldog teams come and go. Um, you know, uh, our prayers are out to his family for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I, I don't 100%. see any – I don't see anything changing per se. I would like to think that the Siegler family uh, continues the situation with the Uggas, right? I think that more likely stays the same. We'll see, though. Um, but obviously – a big loss within the program for what it's worth. Uh, so definitely wanted to give that, uh, give a moment to, you know, to pay the respects there as well. Um, guys, let's do this. Let's drop our first sponsor of the show. And because it's Monday and I had, I had this to start the morning, 
son going to kindergarten. Oh, man. Ooh. Yeah, so I came back home, and I had me a nice hot Tervis cup full of Apatheos coffee, folks. Mm. And boy, did it did not disappoint. Located in Kennesaw, Georgia. Scan this QR code if you're watching or if you're listening. Go to our website, dgdpodcast.com. Click that shop drop down. Go to Apotheos. And every single bag or K-cup that you purchase, 20% of those proceeds from each bag goes directly to the Classic City Collective because Apotheos is the official coffee and cold brew partner of the Classic City Collective. So make sure you get your Apotheos today because it is quite literally the coffee of champions. I digress. And just to clarify, Sonny Siler. I don't know. I feel like I may have said Sigler by accident. Oh, Siler. Okay. Siler. Maybe. Sonny Siler. My apologies if I, if I did slip up there. I, I definitely do got to get me some of that Apotheos cold, cold brew. Let you know right get now. that. Just going to let you know right there. It'll change your life. Um, guys, let, it's time to make some predictions. Kobe, I'm going to start off with you first. Put you on the spot. Who will be Georgia's MVP this season? Um, I think I think our defensive line. I think is going to be. I'm going to give them some love. Just thinking. I think that they have been a room full of big-name household guys for the past two years between Jordan Davis, um, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Devontae Wyatt. I mean, they have had some guys that Georgia fans have loved and and hold, you know, near and dear to their hearts. And and now they're kind of like, you know, the the unnamed, the no-name defense, the no-name defensive line, and and – I don't think that's really fair to them. I think we have some really, really good uh, defensive linemen. You know, Warren Brinson, Nazir Stackhouse, Zion Logue. I mean, these guys have played a lot of significant minutes. TID even, really good player. Um, I think by the end of the year, you know, middle way through the season, a lot of people are going to start to kind of recognize these names, recognize these players, and kind of see the impact they can have on a game. Um, you know, I, I think that, they're going to be able to to hold that front. Like we said, we've always prided ourselves in not giving up a lot of rushing yards, a lot of rushing touchdowns. Um, I think I saw something the other day that, like, we're the only team that hasn't given up 10 rushing touchdowns in a season in, like, I think, like, six or seven years or, like, five or six years, I guess. Something crazy since, like, 2018. So, that trend kind of continues, and uh, I think those guys are going to have a big year. I think one of those guys probably even ends up in the first round of the NFL draft this year to kind of keep that flowing. Absolutely. I see looks like Ducati's in the building saying Herb Street, no one out in Georgia, also Herb Street. We bought a saving. Coincidentally enough, uh, I saw this and I thought this was ironic. Uh, David Pollock wants to question it, right, saying that Georgia's the new standard. Now, coincidentally, gets fired from college game day, and now everyone's picking Bama. So Ducati might be on to something. I digress on that though. I'm um, just gonna leave that just gonna leave that there and we'll get back on topic because we could be easily falling back down the rabbit hole. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and jump mine before anyone takes it. Carson Beck. Carson Beck. Just You to- took it. You took it from me. 
I mean, he has every single weapon you could imagine around him, a defense to support him, and a play caller that's going to optimize his skill sets. He better be the MVP. Mine's simple. Mine's simple. Keon, before we jump yours, uh, DeMarco Kendrick. uh, So we did ask for the chat, for the brigade, to let us know who their team MVP prediction was in the comments. DeMarco Kendrick says Javon Bullard or Javon Bullard. Not mad about that. Uh, And then Ducati also mentions Carson Beck, Uh, not a new QB. But Keon, I'm going to let you let us know who yours would be. Mine would honestly be Carson Beck. I mean, I think this is a guy who's, I mean, he had the opportunity, of course, to go somewhere else and probably potentially start sooner, but he stayed here. He was locked in. And and now he's finally given the opportunity to go out there and ball out. You have Mike Bobo, who's going to play to his strengths. I mean, Todd Munkin said it himself. He fully believed that Carson Beck was going to flourish in his system. Um, So for me, I mean, when you take into consideration the defense, you take into consideration, of course, the weapons that were added to the squad that – he's going to be able to also optimize off of. I think this is going to be the best opportunity for him. And I think he's going to go out there and really prove a lot of people wrong. Like I told y'all, there were people telling me that Bo Nix was going to get drafted before Carson Beck. And I almost threw up. Like it was, it was utterly disgusting. Did you take your Pepto? Man, people are bloated at the brain and the mouth. It is disgusting. Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach. Yeah. Diarrhea. No plan. No, that's what happens when people talk shit, right? Just don't leave no, that there. For real. Um, no, in all seriousness, though, right? DeMarco does bring up a good point, Javon Bullard, right? Making that transition from star to safety, I think you look at Javon Bullard as being one of the key cogs in that defense, especially from the secondary perspective. He's a leader of that secondary. It wouldn't surprise me to see that. But I think another name that, you know, and I think there's potential candidates, right? We obviously haven't even mentioned on offense Brock Bowers, the be- arguably the best player in college football. So you, ha- you have that right there. But I'm going Pop Johnson as well as a potential candidate. And the reason being is because he's so important to that defense, right? Holding down the middle linebacker spot, right? Kobe, we've talked about this. Keon, we've talked about this. That middle linebacker spot is one of the most important pieces on that whole defense, Mm -hmm. without question. And you got a damn good one there. So if if Georgia's defense does their thing, you have to look at, you know, Pop Johnson being one of those guys, right? Mm -hmm. Are there any other names on this team potentially being a candidate for your MVP by season's end? I mean, I think you could – I think you could sit here and, I mean, you could argue – the O-line needs to have a big year because you don't have near as mobile of a quarterback as you once did. Obviously, like Stetson Bennett brought, you know, Stetson Bennett was able to move, kind of create plays with his feet. It was kind of the reason he's kept getting the nod all these years. You know, not saying Carson isn't mobile and can't make things happen here or there, but he's definitely going to be more traditional pocket passer. Um, I think that you yeah. could you could pick through either side of the trenches and say that, you know, it's kind of like that's the SEC. Games are won and lost in the trenches. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the entire offensive line unit could be the key right for an MVP. Um, Michael Williams was brought up by uh, Ducati. 
And Jeff Hightoff mentions Kamari Lasseter being a dark horse. I, I like that one. I think that'd be interesting too. I mean, there's there's so many there's so many potential candidates, right? This defense and this offense is loaded. <laughs> and so, I mean, hell, we haven't even mentioned a running back at all. I mean, it could be maybe kind of your hesitancy, but I don't think any of them you could make me believe could be the yeah, most from valuable the nine nines and then the two thousand. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I mean, I love Cash, but I just – he can't run without an offensive line. So, I mean, you know, I just – most You're value. trying to beat us on yeah. the technicality, Kobe, and it's not working because Cash Money Records hold it down for the 9-9 to the 2000s, baby. Sound like Paul Wall for a second. Sorry, guys. That 5-9. Baby, holla at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, word. Oh, word. But, no, in all seriousness, I mean, like – Another name that I think the last one before we move on to our next category, Lab McConkey. I think Lab McConkey could be a guy. Um, I, Dominic Lovett. <laughs> you could just name him any any one specific receiver potentially could be. Um, but those were our key guys. Um, next one, Keon. I'll put you on the spot. Oh, breakout Uh-oh. breakout player of the year for Georgia. Who would it be, who would you say? Uh, offensively. My breakout player of the year would actually be Oscar Delp. Oscar Delp. I think he's going to get. Those white men are dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yo, yo, but uh, Oscar Delp. I would say Oscar Delp uh, offensively, defensively. I think Mikhail going to go crazy. I don't. I don't think people are prepared for how crazy I think he's going to go. Um, I didn't he's yell, guys. Here, I mean, sorry, he's not here anymore. What? What? Who is that? Exactly. We thought what he was going to be at USC. Sorry. We tried to let you know. Didn't even start. See, people. Bro, they're, they're, we'll save that for it. We'll save that. We'll yeah. save it. We'll save yeah. It. Save yeah, it. man. Save it. Yeah, man. That's a, that's a Wednesday. That's a Wednesday. Yeah, it's definitely a Wednesday. Yeah, come back Wednesday. Definitely yeah. come back yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, because it's week one. I've seen a good thing is Bleacher Report uh, calls it week one. It's just an extended week, but whatever. I digress on uh-huh. that. Uh, Ducati mentions Marvin Jones Jr. I think that's an interesting one. Kobe, who would your candidate for breakout player of the year be? I'm gonna see if he. I'm gonna see if you hit mine or not. So like somebody that just wasn't on the team last year, or just in general, breakout player. However you want to classify, explain it if you need to, but breakout player. Um, I'm gonna go early part of the year, so it's probably like first six games. Uh, Xavier and Sorry. I'm glad you didn't say that. I think that's a good one. That's a good one. I think that I like it. First first six games, while Small Munden's hurt, I think he's gonna play a obviously a very big part in our defense. I think he's going to remind a lot of people why he was so highly ranked. Um, I think Freakish that, athlete. Yeah, and, Freak. and that's the other unfair thing is, especially in the early weeks, he's going to be by far one of the best athletes on either side of the field. Um, and, and at some point that can help make up for maybe a mental mistake here or there. Um, mm-hmm. It always helps. Yeah, I think that leaves me with mine. And my breakup player is Andrew Paul. 
Yes, sir. From the two one four. However, comma. Let's go. Wait for it. Wait for it. Them white men are dangerous. Give me Cash Jones as well. <laughs> I'm gonna start, you, guys. You're uh, gonna understand. You're gonna understand. I'm just gonna. Yeah, we gotta find listen. the meme. This is not. Nah, this is a forewarning for the season ahead of, ahead of time. So if you're listening, if you're watching, you about to hear a lot of that. I'm just gonna leave it be. I'm just gonna leave it be. <laughs> I digress, but no, in all seriousness, man, Andrew, Andrew Paul, um, you know, obviously with Branson being out for the season and, you know, you have Dylan Bell potentially looking back there as well, but listen, Andrew Paul coming off of, if he's fully healthy, the potential for him to have a breakout year is it's up there. It's up there. But if I'm going defense, I think my defensive candidate would be TID because I think he becomes consistent. And when he becomes consistent, that's gonna. That's just gonna be what he needs. We've seen flashes of him, right? But you haven't seen that consistency. I'm gonna make the prediction he gets a consistency defensive breakout player of the year. So there is that, right? Kobe, make your prediction for team captains. If you had to do well, I know they they vary based off of each game, right? But let's do this. Let's be specific. They do year-long ones as well. So let's do year-long captains. Who do you? What are your predictions for that? Cedric Van Pran will okay. be one. He's already been one. He'll be one again. See that? Um, probably Pop. Pop will be one. Um, being kind of leader of the defense. I would say. Let's see who else is going to be leader. Probably Carson. I think that it just tends to happen that the quarterbacks get um, put in big leadership roles. Um, and then uh, Brock Bowers, that, that probably my four. So you said Cedric, Cedric, uh, Carson, Pop, and Brock. Brock. I'm going to go with my four is this. I think you have to go Cedric. He, Cedric is going to be the – he's got to be one. Brock Bowers is another one. Kamari Lassiter, I think, would be the third. Um, I was going to say Javon Bullard, but I think Kamari. But I also think you could see. I'll, I'll go. I'll go Carson. I, I can see Carson. I think it makes sense, right? The court, the captain. Typically, you have a quarterback there, so I think you can see that. Um, yeah, well, I kind of agree with that because I think that's. That's honestly what mine would be as well, especially with Man, Carson for how long he's been here. Keon, hold on one second. There's a comment that we, from a breakout perspective right before we started doing this. I just now saw that, and I think this is a good talking point. We're going to mention it, but I'm going to let you finish first. All right, I'm going to pull a Kanye. I'm going to let you finish, but we're touching that, we touching that subject after what you say. So go ahead. What, who's your captains? I mean, mine would be honestly the same as yours. Like, I would have Carson. I would have Cedric Van Pran. I would have Kamari Lassiter. Um, wait, you said three or four. four? And four. then my fourth one, honestly, actually, I'll give you a defense alignment. I'll give you Stackhouse. Well, I think Stackhouse I, might okay. be. I like it. I, like, I think you could take any one of those guys. Uh, Logue. I think Logue would be another good candidate potentially, too. Um I mean, right, it's just a matter of the year. Uh, let's see. So, okay, so we've got two breakout guys uh, from the comments since we were touching on captains here. Um, 
anyone here going to mention Makai Muse? That is a very, very interesting dark horse, and I like it because it doesn't have to be offense or defense, folks. We have a special teamer on this show, and he is sitting there grinning from from ear to ear, knowing that we're about to talk a little bit of special teams because I think you could see him return some punts and kickoffs this year. I would like to believe so. What do you think? I'm going to have to see um, the man in the visor give that the green light before I can truly give it um, the... It's, so it's subjective is what you're saying. I, I just guess, like, as far as a breakout player of the year, I think Makai definitely has potential to have a good year. I think the big thing is is the man in the the man in the visor controls so much behind the scenes in the special teams game that that people may or may not see of, you know, are we are we even trying to return this punt or are we even trying to return this kickoff? Um are we just happy taking the ball statistically at the 25? It's a meeting we have every preseason. It basically shows for every three yards behind the 25 that you take the ball, you, like, lose how many average points per drive an offense has. And so, you know, all those statistics, he's he's definitely counting in his head. Um, I definitely hope Makai has a big year. I hope he gives him the green light, kind of like Isaiah McKenzie, kind of like Miko had of – you know, you catch that ball and you have space, like, let's take it to the house. But I also know that he likes to play his defense and play field position and, you know, give Carson and them a good chance to make something happen as well. So I like Makai as a possible breakout. I definitely think that he is uh, pushing for a scholarship, but I don't know if he necessarily is going to have as big a breakout year as maybe everybody else. It's definitely subjective upon opportunity, but I think he he, he is one that would – take that opportunity to run. Let's just be honest. Um, Jeff Itoff mentions Darius Smith, and I think that's another name that, if given the opportunity, right, could definitely see see a chance to have a breakout candidate be a, or become a breakout candidate as well. Um, I mean, you got to find a way to get that athletic kind of guy on the field somehow. That's up to the defensive coordinator and Kirby and all them. That's, that's on them to get him on the field. Um Dude's freaky, completely freaky there. Um, but I think those are two good candidates, dark horse candidates, but I think those are very good names to mention as well. I'm going to start off this category, and I'm going to piss y'all off, but freshman of the year, Joe Noguera. I'm just going to do that. Just get it out of the way. That dude's, that dude's going to get on the field. He's going to get on the field often. He's going to hurt somebody, not not maybe not physically, like literally, but he's 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 going to lay some hits, and it's it's going to be fun to watch. Keon, I'm so hand. happy. I'm so happy he's on our team. I don't think y'all understand because I would hate to see that with someone else. Like honestly, like. You imagine? Actually, don't even do that. Don't even make yourself upset. Uh, I love that. I, I love that answer. Would you know, Guerrero? I would say Damon Wilson. I think I think Damon Wilson's a good name pick as well. But on that edge, though, man, you have to understand though too. 
And Pimba was getting a lot of run at last practice with the ones mm-hmm. at the edge. That's another one. So it's going to be quite interesting as well. Um, it, as To my pick here as well, uh, Ducati also mentions Aguero has been consistently described as violence personified. It shows. I saw what he did to Anthony Evans. Sorry, Anthony. Yeah. I saw what he did to you. I saw what he did to you. Yeah. I, tough one there. Tough on that one. His closest, his closest speed, though, man, is it's, nasty. It's, it's actually dangerous because at one moment you don't see him in the picture at all, and then the next moment he's making contact. So it's. I mean, Kirby had to like Kirby was literally interviewing when he made that play, and it was like, "Oh, nice play, Janelle." Like, yeah. I, well, first off, that second that second defense, as young as they are, Jesus Christ. Kobe, I'm going to let you finish your name as well. Go ahead. We don't took the names out of it. Yeah, I think it's hard because I I think, you know, obviously with a really good team like we have, um, even even the past two years, really we kind of are just not going to have a lot of freshmen play a ton, a ton, knock on wood, hopefully, a ton of significant minutes in big games. Um, you know, obviously we had a lot of freshmen take snaps last year. We had a freshman starting at safety, um, you know, but hopefully in an ideal world, you know, you're going to have a lot of upperclassmen taking a majority of your snaps at O-line, at D-line, at middle linebacker, at both your corners, at safety. So I kind of agree with you. I think that somebody that may have a big breakout year, you know, Samuel and Pimba, Damon Wilson, one of those edge guys that on third downs is lined up the opposite side of Michael Williams. Because I think eventually what will happen is your like tight end chip or your running back help is going to help on Michael's side. And it's going to give one of those freshmen a one on one opportunity with a tackle on the other side. Just could really make um, for a big year statistically with either hurries or knockdowns, sacks, pressures, kind of the whole thing. So whoever ends up coming out victorious, if it is in Pimba, you know, with the first team, I think that person could have a big year. I don't see, you know, obviously Aguero will play some, but still we're we're very deep at, at safety. So I'll give you another name, maybe two. Jordan Hall. I think Jordan Hall's going to get some run, especially in that D-line. So you got Jordan Hall there, and watch out for Jamal Jarrett. I got to do it. I got to do yeah. it. And the reason why I say that is, when you look at the changing of the game, right? The 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 call, right? This the new play call rule, right? The the clock rule, I should say. Excuse me. You have to be able to stop the run, because if you don't, you your offense becomes irrelevant because they're never on the field. With that yeah, being I, with that being said, his run stopping prowess, if you will, is going to be crucial if Georgia ever gets into a situation where they have to make stops. So watch out for his. Is it, it, statistically, you're not going to see a ton of stats. He's not going to be a stat filler, but his importance will be kind of similar to what Jordan Davis's importance was, right? Jordan Davis never had the stats like that, but by God, he was important because his as soon as he came off the field, you saw a change. I would like to think that Jamal Jarrett, Jamal Jarrett is able to do that. I like it. 
I like it. You now you were mentioning something about the play uh, the clock rules. Keon, go ahead and explain that a little bit. What you saw? Uh, so from watching, I'll just say because I didn't get the chance to uh, fully catch the USC game, but with the Hawaii Vandy, um, yeah, that accelerated clock is is easily taking two drives away from each team. Like that game felt so much shorter than what it honestly should have been. Because yet again, with the running clock, no matter if you get a first down or not, guess what? That clock is still going. It didn't stop. So um, if you can't stop the run, you're going to be screwed. But if you can run, you are going to be in a great spot. Luckily for us as Georgia fans, we do both of those at a really high clip. So good luck to everybody that plays us. I'm with you. I really think that, um, and and I could be wrong. I would be very shocked if this is not a one year. Like we tried it, we said we tried it, we didn't love it, and we kind of walked it back a little bit. Rule change, but like you're saying, I mean, even Notre Dame Navy, and and Navy doesn't count in my opinion. Yeah, you know, Navy doesn't count, but Notre Dame first drive of the game. 80 yards, 14 plays, like almost seven minutes off the clock. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just – that is just, you know, that's a long, long, that's, long drive. That literally is – that's literally the equivalent of a damn NFL drive, basically. Yeah. So. Um, speaking of, before – so we, we've talked about a lot of these, these first week games, if you will. But before we do, let's jump into our second sponsor of the night. And that is our guys over at Alumni Hall. Alumni Hall, located 10 minutes away in Athens, GA. Scan the QR code, go to dgpodcast.com, drop down, click your shop, go there. Get equipped, guys, this Saturday. If you're going to be in Athens, go by the store, 1791, a Coney Connector, number 535. Mention the the show, get 10% off. In store only though, but also feel free to go online and go and get you some gear as well. Right, all licensed Nike, Cutter and Buck, you name it, all your brands, all licensed. Get it today, Kobe. I think your shirt came from Alumni Hall. I know mine did. Keon, stuff, man. Keon, we'll catch you. We'll get you caught up. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to get you get you spun back up, sir. Um, the first rendition of the revamped DGD podcast, DGD Pick'em came out. So here we are with the standings after the first seven matchups. Boom, right here. The Brigade, six and one. Impressive. You're back where you were already were last season. Keon came in five and two uh, with five points on the season so far. Kobe went six and one as well, so you know, just follow the brigade. Juan with a perfect seven and zero. Oh. He's not even here to defend the crown yet, but he's starting off where he left, and I'm not happy about that because I'm also starting off where I left, four and three. <laughs> um, so just for for those that are watching, the the records will only apply for the brigade. The points will not because the brigade is not responsible for our upset and our lock picks so the points will be for the co-hosts 
the record will only apply to the, uh, the, the brigade will only have the record applied to them. Um, so do not worry about points. Just get the correct picks from the poll, by the way. Uh, make sure you follow us, DGD Podcast, or the DGD Podcast on Twitter. We drop our polls every Sunday. Pick the 10 games. Be a part of a winning culture. Obviously, say in the brigade, you're tied for second right now. So there's that. Um, yeah. Any Anything, guys, that stood out to y'all uh, Saturday in regards to this game? Or the games, I should say. Keon, you mentioned it. Is it Tom? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so UC, USC, I was about to say UCLA, my apologies. USC, um, I'll go on the limb and say it. Caleb, he's not winning the Heisman this year. Um, and also, this is also confirmed uh, one of my hot biggest hot takes of the year. USC is for sure losing at least two games with one of them being against Oregon and Eugene. But, uh, yeah, no, that defense is horrible. Um, San Jose was just moving the ball, kind of like at will, but also getting points put up on them. So it's kind of like, eh. um, to all of the UC, USC fans, I almost said it again, look at me, uh, to all of the USC fans that were so excited to get Bear Alexander your team is trash. You will have to deal with this. Introducing our new segment coming Wednesday or Monday shows, by the way, folks. We just want to do a surprise drop there for you. Um, yeah. So, Keon, since since you kind of coined the phrase, I'm going to let you explain this segment, man. Um, All right. So this segment, it's it's dedicated to the teams that, you know, especially with with us, right? Um, the teams to just all out, don't get it done each and every week. Um, your team is trash. You have to deal with that. Shirts, merch coming to you soon. Uh, be on the lookout for that. But uh, we're going to each pick a handful of teams. I'll probably end up going last on that. Just so you know, the real point of your team is trash and you having to deal with that just because and just you to win. clarify too yeah i was about to say just to clarify not necessarily like you see usc's getting it right now i mean just because you win you're safe it, you know you, you you fight a close one you may see yourself on this segment you know um florida we're talking to you we're coming oh no most definitely most nah, definitely. Florida, Florida, nah, fuck that. Florida going to be on here often. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, like, they week, they week, really are. Week one, they are on my, I mean, on the horizon. I see them. Mm-hmm. And even maybe even Utah, it may be double trouble that game. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to let you know right now. I, I'm I'm curious. I don't see this happening. But if, if Georgia ever plays down, if we had a Missouri game, we might see some part there'd be some questions being raised. I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. whether it would or not. I'm not trying to sound too homerish. But it might not make it, but we shouldn't do a damn sure talk about it. Mm-hmm. We'll see, though. Listen, I don't see that happening too much this season. So we might not have to worry about that. However, come. Uh, you know, so Ducati also mentions USC is not a contender. He mentions Notre Dame looked like they had polish. You know what, though? Hartman, Hartman looked legit from – even if it's Navy, 
right? It's week one. We'll see what happens when they play because they do have some decent non-con matchups too. Uh, he also mentions Hawaii wanted the game more. They just didn't have the ability. Yeah, I, th- I think that's another thing. You have to be able to run the ball, and Vanderbilt did not look like they could do it. At all. And At all, really. So Vanderbilt's run game, you're trash, and you got to deal with that. They're, they're, I mean, they're just trash. Like they, they went five and seven last year. But I know, I know, y'all saw this. I know, yeah. y'all saw this. The scoreboard hung up by cranes. I'll be honest. I didn't even watch the game. It got, it no, got delayed. It got delayed, and I mean, I don't really care how Vandy does. So you know. Yeah, no, I'm watching Vandy close just for my own Florida narrative. Um, yeah, no, that was that was interesting to say the least. Glad they enjoyed playing. Yeah, <clears throat> then you know it seemed like there were some interesting games that it was kind of a questionable thing. Like I'm starting to question this whole week, the first week of games, right? I, if you're going to do that, man, just give us like the five, like this week is the right time because you've got five full days of college football, right? Like five days with college football on the TV. You see what I mean? So that, that's just my thoughts. Um, Ducati mentions, let me ask gentlemen something. If you saw the score of the South uh, Southern Cal San Jose state game and, ha- and it had been Georgia, how would y'all feel? Hmm. I would never be happy giving up 28 points Fuck no. to, I, to a team I, of that caliber. I mean, I same thing. It. it's the same thing last year. USC, one of, I saw some USC fans talking about, like, it's no different than our Kent State game where we gave up all those points. I mean, we were very upset with the way our defense performed um, yes. against Kent State. You know, um, obviously, you're going to have to wait a couple weeks to see how good or bad San Jose State really is. Um, I think that Kent State in, team ended up being a lot better than we were giving them credit for. I mean, basically their whole um, roster was picked over in the portal, including their coaches this offseason. So um, it, it is a first game. It is hard to get up for a little opponent. I mean, obviously we're going to follow USC for the rest of the year. I mean, you, you can't write them off in one week. But really the big thing you heard all offseason was how improved the defense was, and it just was a very lackluster defensive showing. Someone, that shit was horrible. <laughs> Yeah. That I'm, shit I'm, was horrible. I'm a, look. I'm gonna leave this right here. This this right here. I saw this, and it's hard to make Brenton Cox's effort look like effort. But the the comparison that I saw, Brenton Cox showed effort compared to the one play that I saw from Bear Alexander. Um, and that was at the goal line too. Might I add, like he looked uninterested, man. Like. You didn't see that. It's, it's not the same guy from what he was at Georgia, at least from an effort perspective, in my opinion. We'll see how that plays out um, ultimately. But uh, Philip Mixon mentions t- uh, losing Todd Malkin's huge. Yeah, we spoke about this earlier. You know, obviously, I, I do think that's an important p- uh, uh, departure, but I do think that Mike Bobo will be just fine. Um, we, we explained that. So, Philip, if you want to go back through, uh, and, and take a listen or, or watch. You'll understand where we're coming from with that. Um, guys, so we've got our 10 matchups. Oh, 
you get close up. I was nervous there, man. It made me made me nervous for a second, Coach. Um, you got our ten matchups for this week. Uh, remember, folks, if you're listening, if you're watching, um, make sure to go to our Twitter account and vote if you have not already. The votes are going to be closing tomorrow, so you have you have Florida versus Utah. You've got Louisville taking on Georgia Tech. You got Colorado and TCU. The battle for Miami. And what I mean by that is Miami, Ohio versus Miami, Virginia taking on Tennessee, Boise State versus Washington, LSU and Florida State, Clemson versus Duke, the Battle of the Carolinas, USC and North Carolina, and then obviously the Georgia and Tennessee Martin game. So keep that in mind. Go vote, folks. Go vote. These will be every Sunday after the after the matchups. So keep that in mind. And these are some fun ones because week one always has some upsets. I think Louisville's favorited by like eight or nine against a, a Georgia Tech with a new head coach, a, you know, new whole coaching staff, some some good players from the portal. And the the game everybody on college game day wanted to talk about was, you know, watch out Washington. Um, a lot of people have favorited you to maybe even win the pack, but a lot of people are worried you may slip up week one against Boise State. Just not an easy team to beat. Yeah, so uh, Ducati mentions Bear had one tackle total and pass deflection. I think it was like a half – like he got like a half a sack or something. I thought I saw like an ESPN stats or something. I don't He's remember. not even starting. Like – hmm. He going to bite his tongue. Let him, <laughs> let him have it, Keon. Nah, man. Nah, man. Because – nah, man. Uh-huh. Next topic, Jesus. Guys, all right, we're going to wrap it up, but I want to do this first, right, because Wednesday's show is is the season preview, and that is the first game preview. So we are wrap- this is the show to anything at this point dating back to January. If you have not said anything that you need to get off your chest, now is the time to do it because we, starting Wednesday, are moving forward. We are not looking back. Any final thoughts? Yeah, um, just love and prayer still to Devin Willock's family, um, family of Chandler LaCroix. Both of you should be a part of this team this upcoming football season. Um, you know, Devin, we should be talking about you playing left tackle and, and not really anybody else. So uh, just looking ahead to this season, um, you know, still still very tough. I feel like it's been so long ago, but a lot of memories are going to kind of start flooding in for a lot of people with those two. Um, so. It's a good way to start, man. It's hard to follow after something like that, isn't it, Keon? Honestly, uh, I'll, I'll try to, along with everything uh, Kobe just said. Um, honestly, just just thinking about how how far we've came, uh, just just looking at the Kirby tenure alone to where we are and the ability to make history yet again but do something that hasn't been done in nearly a hundred years. Uh, lots on the line. And so like maybe. our good friend, I don't remember if it was Trey. Does it really count before sports were integrated? Right. The last no. time it was done was before we had defeated Adolf Hitler. Right. Yeah. I mean, are we really, 
Yeah, we we, no we don't talk Minnesota Gopher fans. Wherever no, definitely, definitely to hell with them because Minnesota, 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 golden, that golden Gophers, the golden, the golden Gophers. Welcome. Oh, to that the, sounds welcome. almost Irish, hey, didn't it? Welcome to the people from the South trying to imitate Northern accents. Like Were you like, in the Notre Dame game? By the way. Were you the Notre Dame game talking like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Rub, I'll take. Excuse me, for what it's worth, I've been to Ireland. That definitely sounded Irish. Irish. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Minnesota. Oh Jesus! Like, give me the, the look of the Irish. Like, <laughs> what? Like, you need to can't give you that. You're a little sissy. Got to give you the pint. Man. That was <laughs> that was one thing though. Before we wrap it up, that is the only reason week zero to me should exist. Is if you as the NCAA want to have these big neutral site games other places and still give teams time to get home and adjust and get ready to play like the regular season. Like obviously Notre Dame and Navy couldn't play that game like week three of the season. Um, Mm -hmm. So I do like seeing the games overseas, um, just different places kind of spreading college football. Um, I mean, it's just fun to take a, take a, page out of the playbook of the NFL but I mean for what it's worth I mean I think you know it like Notre Dame game just makes sense right being an Irish fighting Irish makes sense it needs that's just my thoughts there um other than that though I think I'm gonna wrap it up with this the thumbnail for the show was doubt Georgia if you dare going back to this earlier man you you can't have your cake and eat it too you can't tell us to you know everyone Everyone, no one doubts Georgia, but then you go and pick other teams. So, just gonna leave you, let you know here, right? The road to the three P starts now. I don't see us losing in a regular season. We'll have to see what happens come time with playoffs. But until then, we are the defending, the reigning, defending back-to-back national champions, and I don't see nobody slowing us down. Maybe not even the rule, not even the clock rule. Ain't even gonna slow us down. And Keon, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal your line here. We're gonna end it off. Everyone else, if you're a fan and you're not a Georgia fan, your team is fucking trash. And I hope you I hope you understand that you gotta deal with that. I digress. Hell yeah. I digress. Hey. Full speed ahead. Natty, three peat. It's over with. We'll Florida catch on yeah. See y'all Wednesday. All right, guys. Have a great Go night. Dogs. Go dogs. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.